Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. We have reached championship weekend in Paris. Welcome to TC Live, our pregame show to get you ready for the women's final. And for all the history embedded within this city, Roland Garros has continued to be a place where new contemporary work is discovered. For the sixth year in a row, a woman is going to win her first major on these grounds. So will it be Anastasia Pavlyuchekova? or Barbara Krejcikova. It is just the fourth time in nearly a half century that two women ranked outside the top 30 meet in a major final. With that, we welcome you back onto our tennis channel, DraftKings desk. Steve Weissman alongside Chanda Rubin, the Hall of Famer, Martina Navratilova. We will break down the ladies' final, but first, Got to get your thoughts on that match last night. Djokovic, Nadal, they broke curfew. They changed French law. They put on a show. For Clay, for any tennis, it was amazing. But for Clay, this was perfection. It had everything except the fifth set. But it was long four sets. It was just pure magic. I, I was going to stay up no matter what happened. There are so many t- twists and turns. This match really turned around. I love in the first, but go figure. It was just magic. Yeah, and I think the way it evolved, you weren't sure at first. When the dog got up five love, okay, is this going to go very quickly, maybe similar to last year? But Djokovic, he was playing well, and he dug in. He found a way to get into that first set. That was huge. And, you know, from that point on, it was just incredible tennis. The shot making, the physicality, the angles. Every time you thought, okay, you can't get a point better than that, we had another great point. And it just continued for, you know, a couple of sets just high quality. You could not have played better tennis. Uh, the level was insane. <laughs> that third set, Martina, have you ever seen a better set? Uh, probably not. I mean, the, they both played their best tennis when they had to. They were finding spots on the court that only each other could push them into because nobody else would get there. So in tennis, you can only hit the shots, great shots, if the other person forces you into it. And they would keep coming back, coming back, coming back. The crowd was grasping. They were grasping for air. It was magic. Yeah. And how good was it that the crowd was allowed yeah. to stay? I yeah. thought if they make this crowd leave at, <laughs> you know, a little bit before 11, it's going to be a mutiny. It's not going to be pretty. And fortunately for the fans, they were able to enjoy the match and for the players to ha- continue to have that atmosphere. I mean, it had everything. It was, it was spellbinding. And for Djokovic, second time ever beating Nadal here at Roland Garros, and he will go for Grand Slam number 19 tomorrow against Stefano Tsitsipas. We'll talk more about that match later in the show. That felt like a final. We actually have a final today. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova taking on Barbara Krejcikova. Let's catch you up on how we got there. Pavlyuchenkova, you called the match, Martina, against Tamara Zidancek in the semifinals, and Pavs was able to get through. Well, Zidancek has a big forehand, and she was using it so well in that first set, really moving Pavlyuchenkova around. And Pavlyuchenkova said, you know what? I have a forehand, too. I can hit it just as hard, if not harder. And she came back. The first set, Zidancek was the better player. She was moving Pavlyuchenkova around more, using that slice quite nicely. Pavlyuchenkova overall was closer to the net. And usually that person wins when, when you win the positioning war. 
And that's Shank. <laughs> I've never seen that. I've seen a lot of shots, but I've never seen that. That ball, she was trying to hit a cross court. It went down the line, spinning in, lucky shot. But Pavlyuchenkova said, okay, let's see if he can do it again. And she just dug in and again started hitting that forehand a little bit harder, especially when she was on the run. She had some beautiful shots with the forehand. Was moving in. This shot, hitting a slice, slice drop shot off a slice, very difficult. She had some really good uh, touch as well. And just played well within herself. See, this is what I'm talking about. Just going for broke when she was on the run, doing it really well. And at the end, ran away with that one, not really run, run away, but one a more decisive second set. And uh, yeah, look at this belief on her face. She's been waiting a long time for this. 52 majors, in fact, set an open era record for the most appearances before making her first major final. And then on the other side, Shanda, it was an intense battle between Barbara Krejcikova and Maria Sakkari. Yeah, and both players were a bit nervous, didn't play as well as they had played in previous rounds, but Sakkari showing some glimpses of fantastic tennis, but it was Krejcikova who just stayed in the battle, stayed with it, kept rebounding, and found just a few shots when she needed it most in that first set, and advantage to her but in the second Sakri came storming back she got cleaner started cutting down on the unforced errors spreading the court using her forehand beautifully we saw the intensity in her game and in her demeanor at the end of this second set and there winning the battle of cat and mouse tennis and we had a match on to the third we would go and in the third set, both players actually raising their level, playing well at the same time. It was gripping tennis. This was match point for Sakri. What a shot from Krejcikova. She just stayed calm, looked like she was unfazed. You had to imagine the nerves at this stage. Sakri continuing to force play, and there saving a match point on her side. And we just went down the stretch, Steve, and it was fantastic, gripping, drama-filled tennis. This was what we thought was the end of the match. The call was made out, was overruled by the chair, had a little controversy there, but to her credit, Krejcikova did not let it bother her, got right back to business. How many players could have done that, could have recovered, had to win this match twice, and they're able to do so with the backhand. What a moment for her. She was so impressive how solid she was down the stretch. Both players saving match points. It's the check that moves on, and puts it all in perspective. I actually think that we both deserve to win because we play a really, really great match. But only one can win, and I'm really happy that it's, it's me and then I'm going to have another chance to play another match. I just told myself, just fight, 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 fight until the last point, and I'm happy that I was really fighting. Oh, she was, Martina. You, you were in the stands watching this match, cheering on the fellow Czech, and either player that wins will be the third lowest ranked of all time here at Roland Garros. I mean, the fact that we have a 32nd and 33rd ranked player in the world playing each other in the finals is just astonishing. But yeah, they'll be right between Sostapenko and Barker there, both seated. But uh, what, what a match for both of them. I tell you, I don't know how Krejcikova kept her head about her after that match point uh, when she knew she won the match and, it, and the umpire overruled. I don't know how she kept it together. She's got to be the calmest player out there. You know she wants it badly, but she keeps it in. She kept her head about her. As this is this is Olympic level level-headedness. Oh yeah, M mentally next level for Krejcikova. Certainly, she's been a Grand Slam doubles champion before Chanda, but 
Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, much better record in singles over the past decade. How will experience, do you think, play a factor in this match? Yeah, I think it will come into play uh, to a certain degree, certainly for Pavlyuchenkova. You know, she's also been waiting a long time to get to this moment. So maybe a few more nerves for her from that standpoint. The expectation she's had over the course of her career as such a fantastic singles player, but never getting past the quarterfinals. And all of a sudden, she's in a Grand Slam final. So how will she react? How will she settle into the match? She did a beautiful job, particularly in that semifinal match where her movement was good. She was you know, big off the ground, used her serve beautifully, got some free points off that shot. I think that's going to be key. And just to get the feet moving early, get into some points, get on the board that first game, uh, that can help settle her down. But it's going to be interesting to see kind of who handles the nerves better over the course of, of this match. It's a huge occasion. It, it certainly is. Obviously, a major title on the line. Martina, what do you think the biggest key for Krejcikova will be? It's the known, known unknown. How will they handle the pressure? For Pavlyuchenkova, it's a different kind of pressure. It's 52 majors that she waited for this. For Krejcikova, this is her fifth one that she played in the main draw, and she's in the finals. So she knows she probably will have this chance again. So maybe a little less pressure on, on her for this. But they both want it badly. Uh, again, they're both very level-headed. Pavlyuchenkova used to get a little down on herself, but you don't see that anymore. You cannot tell who is winning the match when those two are playing. So today I expect the same. I mean, X's and O's, I think Pavlyuchenkova has a slight edge. But an experience, of course, she, she has that. But then uh, uh, Krejcikova has been here and won the doubles yeah. here a few years ago. So she's been in this position before, been on, the, on this stage before. Uh, but uh, it's just in here, you, you cannot predict that one. Yeah, and I really like the way that uh, Krejcikova admitted that she was nervous. It was before the golf match, and, you know, she just almost couldn't handle it, didn't want to go out and play. And not many players would have admitted that, would have recognized it, would have done the work to kind of get where she needed to be uh, in time for the match, played a fantastic match. And I think from that point on, maybe she will be a little more relaxed. Maybe she'll be a little more able to handle whatever she's dealing with, tension, nerve-wise out there. Uh, Because definitely you have to first admit it and deal with it. And that's going to be the test, I think, for both players. Who does that in those big moments? Who can kind of keep hitting through those tough spots? Krejcikova, she's not done after today, by the way. She's in the doubles final. We'll we'll look to win singles and doubles. First to do that since Mary Pierce in 2000. You can see the women's singles final right here on Tennis Channel at 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got two first-timers on the women's side. We have one on the men's side as well. Stefano Tsitsipas took care of business against Alexander Zverev. The Greek star said it was his dream to play here, Chanda, and he never thought he would achieve it. Well, he came out in this match and dominated the first two sets, aggressive from the ground, hitting winners at will, winning points at the net, playing a complete brand of tennis. But Zverev, he settled into this match and was impressive the way he turned it around, made some adjustments on his side. He got more aggressive, started pushing his way forward. And once he was able to battle through this third set, looked like Zverev, he just gained in confidence. The movement came alive, and we know how solid he is, how clean he is from the ground. And this was a battle, but it was Zverev, again, taking forehands and trying to control the middle of the court, not allowing Tsitsipas to come in quite as much, and it was Zverev. That volley was amazing, and it was at a crucial time in the fourth set. Zverev would take it, and in the fifth, this first game, 
Tsitsipas serving was huge. He was down low 40, Tsitsipas, but just stayed the course. And it turned out to be a huge game. It was the only three break points he faced in the fifth set. But once he got that Tsitsipas, he never looked back. A few shots of brilliance from Zverev, but in the end, Tsitsipas would not be denied. It was an impressive performance from him down the stretch. He wrote, let's do it for the love of country. The first Greek player to make a Grand Slam final. And then, Martina, it was the 58th edition of Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, like watching Mozart and Beethoven, Michelangelo and Da Vinci. Absolute brilliance. Nadal just came up, bursting through the gates. Uh, Djokovic had game points in both first two games. Couldn't do it. Nadal comes back. He was up five love. Then Djokovic brings it to 5-3. And to me, that was the turning point of the match because then Djokovic realized, I can compete with this guy. He started mixing things up. He didn't want to drop shots, coming to the net more than Nadal. And really redirecting the ball, taking the ball early when uh, the... Randall couldn't spin the ball, and also the conditions became more his favorite because it started out light, and as the day or night wore on, it got heavier and heavier, and the top spin of Nadal wasn't working as well. But they were finding angles and hitting just better, better shots completely. Look at this point. I mean, you just can't script this. Nadal misses this forehand. But what, what a get from both of them. I mean, they're getting balls that nobody would even try to run for. And they not only try, they make a great shot off of a great shot. Just kept coming at each other. It's like heavy, heavyweight boxers going at it, punching each other down, but nobody will fall down. That was a big miss there on, on Nadal's part. Played the hard part of the point, misses the volley. They both moved so well. I thought somebody was going to blink. Nobody really blinked. The, the tie break was a big one. I mean, uh, Djokovic put in some some of his best points in the tiebreak. Second set, fourth set, Nadal is up too long, and Djokovic just says, no, I'm, I'm done with this. He ran six train games in a row. I think Nadal got a little bit, little bit tired, and that's all it took for Djokovic to win the match. The hardest feat in tennis, beating Nadal at the French Open, and Djokovic has not done it twice. All right, let's hear from both players after, starting with Rafa. Probably was not my my best day out there. Uh, uh, even if I fight it, I, I put it. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. A lot of effort. I mean, the precision on the shots have haven't been uh, that effective uh, tonight. And against a player like like him, that takes the ball early, so you are not able to to take him out of his positions. Uh, then it's it's very difficult. Definitely the best match that I was part of uh, ever in Roland Garros for me, and top three matches that I ever played in my entire career. Considering quality of tennis, um, playing my biggest rival you know, on the court where he has had so much success and has been the dominant force in the last you know, 15 plus years, and the atmosphere, which was completely electric, 
for both players, a lot of support. Uh, just amazing. So Novak Djokovic now leads that head-to-head 30-28, to has a chance for his second Roland Garros title. So that's uh, on, on the GOAT scale. It's something else that only he can do, win at least two at every single major. That's never been done in the open air agenda. Novak said his best effort here at Roland Garros. Where does that match rank for you? I mean, it was it was incredible. And, you know, you think about some of the great matches we've seen, and certainly this was on par, no question about it. And you think about that second set and the third set in particular. I can't think of better tennis that we've seen on such a big occasion with who was going at it, The you know, with Nadal's dominance here at Roland Garros, Djokovic on the other side trying to break it. I mean, everything kind of at stake uh, and, and all the storylines, all the numbers we talked about, and the match was just fantastic. It, you can't script it any better. Rafa maybe didn't play his best tennis overall, but some of those points were as good as it gets. And the reason he didn't play his best tennis was because Djokovic did not let him. I was watching Djokovic in between the shots when Rafa's hitting the ball. He was recovering so quickly after he hit the shot. He's back in the middle of the court. And that's why Rafa wasn't finding the offense that he normally gets. Because he hits one shot here, one shot there. Now he's got an opening. But Novak was neutralizing those shots. And Rafa had to work that much harder on offense. And then also he had to work pretty hard on defense. Can you believe that wasn't a final? Should have been a final. Seedings didn't go, but here we are talking about it on a Saturday. So we're happy that we can talk about it now. But, yeah, it should have been a final, but it is what it is. And it was one for the ages. Stefano Tsitsipas. Finals doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. Fantastic match. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Love to see it either way. Uh, much more still to come. More big ballers on the show. Another edition of Advantage Omar as Omar Miller returns to Paris. Plus, a tennis story of Michael Chang you don't want to miss. And the highly anticipated, often imitated, but never duplicated best of the best from Roland Garros. But first, some of the game's biggest stars were glued to the TV last night. We've got reaction from around the world to the epic clash between Djokovic and Nadal. You're watching TC Live from Roland Garros. Just two weeks from Monday. The championships begin right here on Tennis Channel Monday, June 28th. We have Wimbledon. Man, it's fun to have just two weeks in between. I mean, three weeks, it's fine, but let's go straight to it. It used to be one week when I first came on the tour. Then they made it to two. Then about ten years ago, maybe, went to three. And now we have two again. And you know what? The weather is so much better. It's been fantastic here at the two weeks. It's going to be better in London as well. I wish they would keep it this way this Mm. week, the French Open. And two weeks, ah, but you want to have a longer grass court season. But anyway, it is what it is. When you had one week, I mean, the, it was so different, too. I mean, the surfaces, Wimbledon was crazy fast, and this was pretty slow, right? This was slower, heavier, balls were heavier, and then you go on the grass, which was faster. So, yeah, it was a much bigger adjustment to make than it is these days. So, the biggest adjustment was footing. It's, it's footing now, but for us, it was really the speed of the court that was a bigger adjustment than footing. Yeah. Anyway. Same for you. Well, I, when I was I obviously started playing, there was the two weeks, and then they continued to talk about trying to have more time. So that was always right. the big issue was there's not enough time to kind of make that transition because it is a bit different, yeah. you know, going from the clay and then trying to get your grass legs, you know, everything sore, <laughs> everything hurting. Um, but, you know, for me, it was always the challenge, you know, and I, I enjoyed grass. You just didn't play enough on it. Yeah. Right. That was the challenge. We didn't have enough time, enough tournaments on it. Yeah. Well, before Barbara Krejcikova was a singles finalist, 
She was a world number one in doubles. She was a Grand Slam champion. Looking to pull off the double here in Paris. Martina, day off singles prep, just a smooth semifinal win with Katarina Siniakova. Yeah, they had a really easy time of it yesterday, and uh, people saying, oh, Kirchikov's played a lot of tennis, so she's run a lot in this tournament, a lot more than Popichenkova. Maybe she shouldn't be playing doubles, but you know what? If you're not fit enough to play doubles, then you're not fit enough to play singles. And she had a great, I think, an off day of practice while playing a match. It didn't stress her. They just were the better team. Paralina did a great job to get to the semifinals, but Siniakova and Kirchikova are just much more experienced, and they've been here so many times. They know exactly what to do. They're really active at the net. And, and then the first shots, Kirchikova. Was it like a relaxing match? I know when I played singles and doubles, I could relax a little bit in doubles, but it still gives you the match play, and uh, you don't have time, too much time to think about the singles. Take the I mean, they've won here as juniors at Roland Garros. They've won on the main level, and, and now they're looking to do it again. American Bethany Maddox-Sands, Janda, still with hopes of making the Olympic team. She can crack the top ten in the world with a title here, teaming up with last year's singles champion, Iga Sviantec. Team Tech Tech Boom blowing up. Yeah, this was a fun match to watch. A lot of energy, a lot of movement, and Begu and, and Podoroska gave them a run for their money, but it was Maddox Sands and Sviantec able to take that first set. That was a huge advantage, and Maddox up at the net, trying to take over, creating a lot of movement, and that's one of the strengths of her game. And then you've got the power from Sviantec, and they just work beautifully together. This is a tricky match. They faced a lot of great points, but they were able to handle their serve time and time again. Big win. You can see the excitement on their faces. Playing for a title. That's huge. So who will take it in the end? Will it be Sviantec, Maddox Sands, or the Czechs? Krejcikova, Siniakova, you can see that live 5.30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow right here on Tennis Channel. When we come back, a visit from actor and tennis fanatic Omar Miller. The former CSI star investigates Paris as only he can. You're watching TC Live. Welcome back. There are many ballers on the grounds this year, but only one who has a unicorn on his resume. Our friend Omar Miller provides his unique take on Paris and a little tennis, too. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Omar Miller, your resident minister of culture for the Tennis Channel. And I've been here at Roland Garros at the French Open in France, running around Paris for the last three weeks, exploring and learning what life was like for the past year during the pandemic. I made something special for you. I hope you enjoy it. This is Advantage Omar. Well, hello, beautiful. Have you heard the news? Americans are welcome in France, and tennis sent me to explore and report back about my favorite place, Paris. Today is jam-packed, so keep up. First, I visit with a master barber to get cleaned up post-flight and get ready to tackle my day. France has been under some version of lockdown or curfew for the past eight months, so people are pumped just to be outside. Immediately, I wanted to document this historic time and get a feel for what it's been like here for the past year. People were fighting in the store because, oh my God, you're too close to me. On a des clients qui sont rentrés dans le magasin qui prenaient une, du brocoli et qui me demandaient mais c'est quoi ça Eh ben ils ont découvert le brocoli. Voilà. Oh. Ah oui. découvert un nouveau goût. Bah oui. Wow. Attention, il y a un noyau. <rire> Moi, je suis là depuis 39 ans. 
J'ai acheté mon magasin, j'avais 19 ans. Give me your favorite tennis player. Next up is a fabulous Tunisian restaurant serving up authentic vidles and good vibes. Uh, Mabrouz, it's congratulations yeah. in English, but in Hebrew as well, it means Marbarour, which means who bless someone. So and, and, and I want to be a blessing. I want to bless <laughs> other people. I love to bless people. Why not? We receive like Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, Everyone. Christian. Japanese, Chinese, everyone. Now you guys were just closed. You couldn't open. Completely closed. What would you say is the biggest thing you learned? To be patient. Are you you're optimistic about the future? Completely. Yeah, completely. Show must go, okay? Your favorite tennis player? It's uh, Roger Federer. I mean, people love Roger. You know why? Because he's speaking French. All right, now it's time to go get fly. I got invited to watch tennis at the president's box at Roland Garros, and fashion is a must. After moving last year's tournament to October, the 2021 French Open is once again springtime fine and full of new features. Hey, look at me on TV. It wouldn't be right to visit Paris without checking out some art. A friend turned me on to a repurposed space housing an interactive art exhibit. What are we doing in here? It's an experimental exhibition from the doors and from the other worlds. <laughs> Going to another dimension, you need to show my mama. Its focus is art's connection to meditation and peace while absorbing alpha waves. These are some creative folks. So, Omar, who was the experience for you? How do you feel? I'm, I sounds, I know this will sound crazy, but I feel hungry. <laughs> Michael Krug is an old friend and native Peruvian. He's also an expert curator who publishes White Wall magazine. It's also something in the air that everybody now is uh, ready to explore, meet again, to socialize yeah. again. Yeah. It's so beautiful because it's almost like a rebirth. We have a new issue with a new magazine. My favorite art magazine. We even got a chance to rap with the founder of Paradis du Fruit, Claude Luzon. D'abord, je suis très optimiste pour l'avenir. Il faut pas regarder les choses de façon négative. Il faut être toujours être optimiste, non pas de façon artificielle, mais il faut l'être en vrai. Un cocktail de fruits. Il faut mélanger les hommes. Claude Victor Hugo, ton favorite joueur tennis tout le temps. Et derrière. Et derrière. La monde de France dit Federer. Just like Claude said, it's going to take us all to create the future together. Carpe Diem has never rung so true. And as I reflect in this awesome garden, I find myself grateful for good health and inspired by my visit to foreign soil of France to create the future. This is living. This is Advantage Omar. French style. He who blesses others, and we are blessed to have Omar Miller as part of the TC family going around Paris. Just the other day, we've got this glorious set right behind Philippe Chatre. Somebody shouts out, so I don't pay attention, right? Because I'm like, so, I turn around, it's Omar Miller. I'm like, what's up, my man? That was awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, he, he gets a good gig. He gets yeah. to get into the city. We're all stuck here. Well, you've been stuck here all day. <laughs>
we want to be stuck here. We love being here, but yeah, we don't get to experience Paris the way Omar does, so he does a great job with it. No, it was nice to get a little bit of that insight, and it kind of makes you think about how lucky we are actually to be here. You know, yeah. we came in October, things were, you know, crazy, lots of adjustments had to be made, but we made it. And then again, and pretty much it's normal time, and the weather has been fantastic. And, you know, people getting back to normal, trying to, to make the best of it all over the world. And uh, so it's good to see. We are lucky to be here. And how lucky is Martina going to be giving out the trophy today, the singles trophy, right out on court, Philippe Chantrier? A couple months ago, Natalie Deshi asked me to if I would be interested in giving out the trophy. And of course, it's what an, what an honor. And now it's going to be Pavlichenkova or Krejcikova. Little did I know that it could be a Czech player that I would give, be giving the trophy to. Uh, it's special. I'll be sitting in the box and enjoying every minute of it. She shouted you out after the semifinal win, Krejcikova. So could be an, an extremely emotional moment there at the end. neutral, but either way, I'm happy for either player. They're yeah. both really terrific human beings, so I'm happy for either one. But, you know, soft spot is for Barbara. And who's coming in here? Speaking of terrific coming human beings, there. Paul Anacone's going to take over for you, Martina, because <laughs> you got to gotta do your duty. <laughs> you know, The handoff. You win two singles titles there, 11 Roland Garros titles. You got you got some important stuff to take care Pass of. Pass the baton. Oh, you got your own glasses. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back on TV. Toughest thing in tennis to do to beat this man on this court. Nadal couldn't have wished for a better start. Oh, no way! What a pulsating contest this has been. Let's dig a hole in the ground. This is time capsule stuff. It's Novak Djokovic at the very height of his powers. Greatest tennis I have ever witnessed. Well, this match set tennis Twitter on fire. Andy Roddick, unreal effort and execution from Novak. Sharapova in awe of what she witnessed for the past four hours. Forever champions, Djokovic and Nadal. How about Andy Murray saying you cannot play better play court tennis than this. He said it is perfect. And the Hall of Famer, Chrissy Everett, responding to Tennis Channel's tweet of, if this match was a movie, what would you call it? She said, the greatest match ever played. Absolutely incredible. All the champions of the tennis universe tweeting about this. Back on our DraftKings Tennis Channel desk, Steve, Chanda, we got Paul Anacone here. Paul, you tweeted this morning, sometimes there really aren't words, a level usually only attainable in fiction. What did you make of last night's match? Well, for a while I thought it was fiction because it was so good. I mean, you know, one of the things that amazed me is it's almost impossible to start like you started against Nadal and find your way back in a match. Not only did Novak find his way back in, we just saw why these two guys were so great. I mean, the levels were so off the charts, the ability to play defense, the ability to turn defense into offense instantaneously. In a match like that, um, I needed my protractor at times to figure out the angles they were using on the courts. I mean, it, it was the most, it was really incredible. The third set of tennis was the best set of tennis I've ever seen. That's wild. We agree. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you think about a match like that and, and really, you know, the geometry of the court, 
uh, Paul, I mean, we saw it on full display. They were creating these amazing angles, both guys, and, and responding. And I was impressed with how resilient uh, Novak Djokovic was starting, you know, down love five and finding a way to, to claw his way into that match, still believing because he was playing good tennis and it became such a fun battle to watch. With so much history, uh, legacies on the line, Paul, what were some of the points that stood out to you? Well, well, the amazing thing was at the beginning, I was worried because we saw a bunch of drop shots, right? Like last year, Novak did that at the beginning of the match against Rafa and I felt like that was a little bit of a mental bailout. So when I saw that at the beginning of this match, I was like, What's he going to do to dig in? Well, guess what he did to dig in? I mean, these points were wars. Look at the angles these guys are hitting. And TV, as much as I love it, doesn't give it justice with how much court coverage, weight of shot, and the amount of effort and athleticism that it takes to be ready every single point. I mean, that is off the charts. It went from absurd to ridiculous. It went from ridiculous to sublime. It went from sublime to fiction. I mean, it was the most amazing stuff I had seen. And to do it in this arena where Rafa Nadal has only lost two times, it took the heart of a champion like that to truly believe in the biggest moments. In the biggest moments, you have to trust that I can do it. Look at this. This is ridiculous. Two great gets there. And look at the flick topspin lob on the baseline. And the score at this time was, I believe, five all dupes in the third set. It was just incredible. I had a towel, and I was toweling off the green points watching. It was just incredible. And look, I am so amazed with that, man. I feel so badly for Rafa to lose because he's been such an amazing champion. He's always going to be an amazing champion. I think it's a great moment for Novak. All I could do was stand up. I literally was standing up in my room, like, applauding after that was over. It was incredible. First man to beat Nadal twice at Roland Garros. The streak of being undefeated from the semifinals on is over for Rafa. Sixth Roland Garros final. Looking to be the first in the open era to win at least twice at all four majors. Chanda, we talked this tournament a lot about Rafa being able to pass Roger on the all-time majors list. Novak now has a chance to do it this year. He can get to 21 this year. Yeah, it, it's been, you know, a crazy conversation. And this tournament, you know, we have been able to kind of address everything that we thought, you know, five, ten years ago that would be crazy to have it happen. Uh, and I think Novak Djokovic, you know, he's firmly entrenched in this conversation. Sometimes, you know, it becomes about Nadal here at Roland Garros and Nadal and Federer because they were ahead of him, uh, just had the slight, the slight lead. But Djokovic, incredible, the the poise he showed, how great of a champion he is, showed it all yesterday. And you, I mean, it's hard to doubt that he wouldn't get there or maybe pass them this year with the level of play we saw last night. Yeah, and also now, Steve, we get to talk about we love to build stories. We are in TV, right? We get to talk about that the calendar year Grand Slam is still alive, at least until tomorrow for Novak Djokovic. It makes for a great conversation you know, everyone loves to discuss the greatest who was, who is. I, I, I don't like to get in on that conversation because I'm so in awe of what these three guys have done. I believe every era is different. I think that the players that are great in each era, male and female, were going to be great in the other eras. So it's like comparing apples and oranges. But just to be able to watch these guys battle it out and to see what Novak may be able to accomplish this year 
it makes for even more, more great conversation. And I'm also really interested to see two things. How does Rafa rebound? And is Federer ready for grass? Because we have Wimbledon coming up in a few weeks. Our stories get to keep building. It's awesome. It, it is. All, we could have all three at 20 by the end of Wimbledon. <laughs> in 2020-20 in 2021. Insane stuff. Much more still to come here on TC Live. We are leading up to the women's final presentation at 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel. Barbara Krejcikova, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, both going for their first major singles title. It was 32 years ago that Michael Chang became the first American man to win at Roland Garros since the 1950s. It was a surprising and dramatic win. It was celebrated in the U.S., Chang's country of birth. It was also a victory that echoed in China, Chang's ancestral homeland, where that week in 1989, tanks were running through Tiananmen Square. This bit of timing, this positioning in tennis terms, reinforced Chang as a kind of citizen of the world, a proud and loyal American who felt a kinship to the U.S., and also someone who felt a responsibility toward China, in fact, toward all of Asia, which continues to this day. I've been working with Kay since December of 2013, and at the time I was already starting a young family, and I wouldn't normally take that position, but I kind of felt in my heart, I said, you know, this is an opportunity to work with an extremely talented Asian male player who has the potential to do great things. You know, and if I can impact his life in a, in a way that is positive, maybe that'll even jumpstart even more Asian players to pick up the sport, and the impact will be a lot bigger than just working with, with Kay himself. So I called Kay and I said, look, you know, I'd love to work with you. I've got one requirement, and it's really, really important to me. You know, I'm married now, and I have, a, I have a young family. I need to be able to bring my family with me. And he goes, yeah, absolutely, sure, without, without you know, hesitation. Amber and I, we have three kids. Lonnie's 10, Miley's 8, and our little boy Micah's 5. We were very gung-ho. We were two months into when they were born. We were putting a tennis racket, a golf club in their hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Certainly when you're with your kids, anything that makes them smile, anything that makes them enjoy what they're doing is a positive thing. It's been such a blessing to have my kids travel. I think it's been a great influence on my on my oldest who plays tennis. We're hitting a few volleys. Lonnie, she's watching the best players prepare for their matches, play their matches. Ugh, it's shot. You know, even when she was very young, she literally could sit through a four-hour match of K's in the stands and not complain once. Miley, she's been a little bit different. Naturally, we started her in tennis, so I'd toss her the ball, and strangely enough, she would she would swing like this. And I was like, Miley, no, that's, that's more of a golf swing, sweetie. Tennis swing, you got to come a little bit more like this, not quite, you know, not quite like this. Okay, Daddy, okay, give me another try. And I'm looking at Amber, just looking at me, and we're like, maybe we need to start her in golf. Okay. Oh, that's okay. Micah's five. He likes to swat at things, and he's out having fun. He wants to go out with his sisters and play tennis or golf or whichever one they're doing. Can you pass me? Oh, it's been a joy to be able to go out there and watch them compete, watch them enjoy the sports and enjoy the, uh, the process of getting better. And, um, you know, and who knows? Just as Chang can keep an open mind, accommodating both tennis and golf in his household, he balances strong feelings of American patriotism 
with affection for China. Sadly, he's seen firsthand that this kind of tolerance is not universal. Attacks on Asian Americans across the country have substantially increased during the COVID-19 pandemic, some of them fueled by hate and misunderstanding of the virus. The rash of anti-Asian bias that has stained the last few months, Chang has experienced it firsthand. A couple of months ago, my wife and I, Amber and I, were at a local store and we had an elderly man come and started kind of, you know, going off about, hey, you know, you, you, you that brought the coronavirus, you need to go back to China. And, and I'm, you know, we're kind of like, wow, you know, it was weird because I've never had that before. You know, and people often ask me, say, well, have you ever experienced, you know, racism on tour? I thought about it. And I was like, you know, I, I really haven't. And part of the reason is because the tour is so diverse. We, you know, it's a global sport. To be different in the locker room is the norm. But to have that happen in our backyard, it was different. True to form and recalling that teenager that won that memorable French Open, Michael Chang chooses to confront, to persist, and to look on the bright side. We're fighting this together. And I think when people come together voicing a similar opinion, they can get things done. Chang turned to tennis. He wrote an open letter to the USTA calling attention to the wave of anti-Asian bias. He also drew together active Asian-American players so they could discuss their experiences. Even though there's been a lot of difficult things that have happened over this past year and a half, there's been a lot of great lessons to learn from as well. Having respect for one another, better understanding of, of one another. At the end of the day, it's still really about coming together as a country. Uh, just uh, another amazing piece by our own John Wertheim. It's, it's amazing and wonderful to see evolution of a player, right? Michael Chang was this shy, introspective kid who played great tennis. And to see his life go through all these chapters, we saw all the wonderment of the family, all the great things, and also him touching on the social issues. Yeah. What did you take out of all that? You know, I think one of the devastating things that this pandemic has highlighted is you know, the inequalities that still exist, the racism, the hate, the ignorance that's at the base of it. And you hate to hear Michael Chang and his family going through something like that, like so many others have and continue to do. And I think at the end, you look forward to him helping to become a positive influence to, you know, help create more acceptance, more tolerance. And I just love seeing his family. I love seeing them out on the tennis court together, not just playing tennis, though, but playing golf, other sports. You know, that's what it's all about. And although we may be different in some ways, we're also the same and we're all here together. So yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And to see him and hear him and, and just see all the happiness in his yeah. eyes and in his voice talking about his family and how about the golf swing? They're, I mean, huh? su super cute. And I don't know if I've ever <laughs> seen Michael Chang smile so much on the tennis court with the golf swing going on. I loved it. Uh, he looks so happy. <laughs> it's really great to see him. And uh, we're going to see more of him. And boy, do we have a big Sunday coming up for everybody. What a slate. Chanda, what jumps out at you? What's jumping out at you? There's three great ones. What jumps out at you most right there? You know, I'm actually looking forward to the women's doubles final as well. Obviously, we have... Craig Chikova, who's in the women's singles final. She's with her longtime partner, Sinyakova. And they're up against Bethany Maddox-Sands and Iga Sviantek, last year's singles winner. That should be an incredible match. I, I was hoping you were going to do some self-promotion for me and you. <laughs> Are you not allowed to do that, Paul? Right slot of between. <laughs> it is going to be a great day, and uh, we look forward to every second with you guys. We'll be back. Doesn't get better 
than the best of the best. And the best is still to come. We've got, we've got a final coming up. We've got the men's best of the best tomorrow. Chanda, any of those stand out to you the most? Well, Paul is still irritated. I didn't say TC Live was a little self promotion. <laughs> I'm just trying to tee us up, Chan, and it just goes right by you. I know. I talked about the women's doubles final. That should be exciting. <laughs> Obviously, we've got the men's final after that incredible match that Novak Djokovic played. You wonder where he will start against Tsitsipas. Mm. That should be fun as well. Everybody, everybody talking about that match. <laughs> Tracy Austin, our Hall of Famer, instant classic physicality, shot making, and of course. Thanks to President Macron for letting the crowd stay. That was, I was sweating bullets, just wondering, oh gosh, are they really going to make everybody get up and leave? The atmosphere was tremendous. The tennis was off the charts, and that would have been a travesty if it was. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be the MVP call of the tournament, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, that was amazing. When the crowd learned they could stay, I mean, everybody was just overjoyed. Our friend Randy Walker reminding us that uh, if you beat Rafa here at Roland Garros, well, you go on to lose at the final. It's only happened twice before. Robin Soderling lost to Federer in 2009, and then Djokovic lost to Stan Wawrinka in 2015. Every six years, Paul, it happens. Yep, and I believe Pass would like to keep that tradition alive. I think it's going to be a little more complicated than that, but uh, if you want a, a glimmer of hope, that's what you hold on to. And look, Pass has played Djokovic very tight, so it'll be fun. And it happens 100% hey, of the time, all the no, time. Absolutely. Look, 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 look how oh, it is. It's Martina. Morning, wow, she moves fast. Right? Unbelievable. has that footwork. Unbelievable. <laughs> Handing out the big trophy today at the end of the Women's Singles Championship. Love those shades, too. Have to go see the finals. Give the trophy. <laughs> and then what are we doing? Are they walking already and stuff? Is that what's happening? Okay.
Saturday at Paris, and it is a championship version. The women's final is coming up next. You just saw Martina Navratilova head on in to court Philippe Chatrier. That's where we will find Barbara Krejcikova and Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, both looking for their first career major singles titles back on our DraftKings desk. Steve Chanda and Paul Chanda, what are you thinking right now if you're these two players heading out there for Pavlyuchenkova, 52nd major for Krejcikova, just her fifth to be in this position? Uh, I mean, you're trying to approach this like any other match. I mean, they have played tremendous tennis, both players over the course of almost two weeks, and you just want to get into that same space as quickly as possible, not think as much about the occasion, which is inevitable. Uh, it's a big opportunity. We will once again hear at Roland Garros crown a new first-time major champ on the women's side. It's phenomenal. I think, it's, I think you're exactly right that the players have to try to approach this like any other match, but they also have to realize they're not going to be able to because they won't be able to. They have to realize that there's going to be some emotional tugs of war going on in their own mind, and they have to expect that. They've got to give themselves some margin mentally and physically and strategically. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down with my pad and paper. I'm going to take my notes, and I'm going to enjoy it. Can't wait to read your notes, Paul. <laughs> uh, for the sixth time, like Chanda said, we're going to have a first-time winner. Sixth straight year here at Roland Garros. Our encore coverage of the women's final with Brett Haber and Lindsay Davenport comes your way at 1 p.m. Eastern. And when we come back, live action from Nottingham. Thanks for watching TC Live.